0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love forever. Well, I, hope. <laughs> I hope this word makes sense. Um, a lot of what I get right now is, we'll do good, and then reality hits, and then I'll feel a sink, 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 and usually at night, and then I'll get up. And I'll hear the Lord again, and I'm, and then I sink, 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 and then I get up. <laughs> but I never sink so far that He's not there. So, anyway, it's a little like that. I'm going to share uh, eventually a little more on that Justice dream. And Justice's birthday isn't until, I think, July 9th, July 5th. Well, we, I, maybe it was. Uh, who was right after him? Jed? Okay. It was They were right in that mix. I remember everybody's birthdays. That's pathetic. But anyway, <coughs> from their births. <laughs> I remember when you were born. Anyway, and uh, one of the things that was incredible was in that dream, I pulled that guy up by his thumb, and the story in the Old Testament of justice was a man who had, I think, cut off the thumbs and toes of somebody, Uh, All these people and he had 70 sons and justice came back 70 and they cut off their thumbs and toes and justice anyway and so um, yeah 70 and, and Israel having being a nation and then 70 and then having Jerusalem there is a time clock in the Lord happening uh of of harvest and all kinds of things happening we're just watching this time clock and so we're always in the time clock because we're we're part of jesus's time and his family so anyway there was a word and it was about look back four years and i wrote this four years ago um people often get upset with god that life didn't go as they foresaw in fact probably all of us do I've noticed every temperament maybe doesn't show it the same way that we're all alike. We really are. If you don't get what you want after a period of time, and some people are more patient, more gentle, more, they can handle it a little bit longer, you know, but there's a rise inside and the rise starts growing and growing and growing until finally there's some kind of explosion. Some people explode and some people explode quietly and go do what they wanted to do in the first place. Okay? So we're all the same. I mean, it, we, we really are. So people often get upset with God that life didn't go as they foresaw. And I'm going to say yes. Yes. You may think you're not one of those until you have life go not the way you wanted to for a long time. And then you're like, I've been patient with you, God. But it's time for something to go my way, don't you think? Been there, done that. Okay. Maybe he waited too long. And in the Old Testament, I thought this was awesome examples. Maybe he waited too long like Samuel for Saul. Saul was supposed to wait until Samuel got there to offer the sacrifice because they're going to win a battle after this. And so the, the sacrifice has to be made. Saul is king, but Saul is not the priest. Samuel is. And Saul got impatient. He didn't wait on God. Now Samuel was the one that bore the brunt of it, but it was really he didn't wait on God. And Saul's heart was being tested in that waiting. And because he didn't wait on God, he lost his inheritance. Okay? Well, there's another one. I think that David was tested for uh, over and over. David at Ziklag, though, by this point, you're going to be king, David. Out the shepherd boy, you're going to be king. You've been anointed. And then he goes through one thing after another. Now, you don't really think about him as losing that much until you realize he lost his first wife. She betrayed him and didn't even want a thing to do with him. That's a lot for a young lover. Come on. So he's gone through a divorce. His father-in-law tries to kill him. And now he's exiled. And his family has to exile with him because they're in trouble because he's in trouble. And you think they said nice things about him because they're out in the wilderness? I mean, they're having to follow David around in the wilderness because David has an anointing. And it went from bad to worse, wilderness to wilderness. And finally, he lost everything at Ziklag. Everything. His wife, his children, and the men are about to kill him. I always look at that and think, oh God, this is what you're doing in all of us. You want us to have the heart of David. David strengthened himself in the Lord. He did not say, it's enough. You told me I was going to be king. Okay, I'm walking. I'm walking. Fine. Look at all that destruction. I'm just getting out of here, and I'm walking. And I've seen it. I've seen people. God told me, and I didn't get it when I wanted, and I'm walking. And the Lord's going, I'm testing your heart because what I have to give you is so great. And David gained the kingdom. It was so great. And then Abraham, Abraham waits 25 years for a promise of a child. It's going to be the promise because that child is going to carry the Son of God in his lineage. It's the promise of redemption of the whole earth. 25 years, they both wear out. Abraham's worn out and Sarah's worn out too, 90 and 100. Can't even imagine. Feel worn out now. Can you imagine 90 and 100? Honey, I'm pregnant. Anyway, (laughs) they're worn out, and then the baby comes, and then Abraham has to get rid of his one son that was there with him all that time, comforting him. Fourteen years he was comforted with Ishmael. Ishmael was his boy. Ishmael liked to hunt. He was a man's man. Ishmael was what Abraham loved as a father. And he had to get rid of him. If that wasn't hard enough, he sent him out to the wilderness to die. If that wasn't hard enough, and God told him to. Now, what he didn't know, and this is so cool, Joey and Sarah, she's from uh, New Heart, have just been also just incredible for us and supporting and, (laughs) who's up at 238 in the morning but he was and sent me an email this morning (laughs) and he said um that word for uh you and ron and he said um it's the word to hagar and the word to abraham and hagar had to go with ishmael 14 years of age out into the wilderness no water they're dying she puts him under a tree they're gonna die and it says the angel of the lord came well for those that don't know the angel of the lord most of the time in the old testament was jesus and i know he was jesus because when he came he uh gave her water but when he came his name was el he said it was elroy anyway okay it's elroy kind of but he came I'm, I'm giving a gist. I, I have to read the, t- read the email to read it to you. But when he came, he gave her water and he blessed her. And she called that place Elroy. God has seen me. And God is a well of living water. There is nowhere else in the scripture. Jesus Christ, she met as her Savior in that desert. She met Jesus, and he became her Savior that day. And she raised up, Ishmael raised up 12 princes, and God blessed her family. God is not about cursing people. you got to understand that. But he was wanting the perfect child for the inheritance of his son. But his son came and met the other child. And supplied living water. Now that's the God I know. It is. So Abraham goes through all that tests. He's lost Ishmael. He's finally got Isaac. Isaac's finally at an age. Probably can do a little bit with him. And God says, go kill him. I'm going to tell you something. Our lives are his. And he allows tests in our lives. Because he wants us most of all. He wants us most of all. And of course, Abraham gave Isaac to the Lord, and he trusted him. But this was the question. Do you love and trust me more than your promises? More than all your promises. Seriously, a lot of us love him. And I I love that we speak about the loving heart of God because he is. But he's not Santa Claus. He said, if you come after me, deny yourself. You are going to die your life in this earth. And you're going to begin to live mine. It is about a cross. It always will be about a cross. And the cross tests you, doesn't it? Does the cross not test you? Are you not in a place where you don't get what you want and you're facing a cross? And he says, do you love me more? I've had to love him more than my sons that have died. I've had to love him more than now Ron. I've had to love him more. Do you love me more? Do you love me more than all the prayers you've prayed, all the intercession you've had, all the declarations you've had, all the promises you've had? Do you love me more than that? Ron and I have come to that. We've had to. We don't serve a Santa Claus God. We serve a God who deserves all our honor, all our praise. He looked for a people who would see him for who he is. Yes, he's a God of love. He's a God of love and so much more. It's just love surrounds it all. It does. God came through with all of them, actually did for Saul too. He always does. Ron and I know that. And he always will. Faithful is his name, it's unchanging. He is faithful. So when he asks you to go to the cross again and he asks you, do you love me more than promises? He's faithful on the other hand he'll turn around and go but i can't lie and that was the card that tina sent us god cannot lie when i've told you something you'll see it this is the place we come to anybody relate to this or just me am i the only one that gets to come to the cross and this is a place we come to over and over it comes to all of us who do we love you love me more Who do we trust? God cannot fail. All trust must be in him. He is looking for long-sighted, eternal-sighted people. You know what? When you're eternal-sighted, you're strong. When you're earth-sighted today, you're weak. Anybody, Anybody know that? When you look at your problems today, Oh, it's not working out. Things aren't working out for us. It's not the way I wanted it to be. You're weak. When you look at him and eternal sighted, you're strong. This keeps us understanding your ways are not w- our ways, my human ways, thoughts, and desires, and they aren't. They're way above. When Even when we have promises, dreams, and visions from God, unless our mind is focused on him and his eternal goodness We miss the true plan. And I'm going to tell you what the true plan of God is. The true plan of God is always about his kingdom, his kingdom. He is building his kingdom on the earth. If love is growing here, it's because it's for his kingdom. It's not for his love. I'm not telling you he doesn't have good for us, but he's building his kingdom. What he's doing is eternal, and it's about his kingdom. When the church loses sight, even taking mountains, even conquering things, and you lose sight that it's for his kingdom, you've lost sight of everything. We are for the kingdom of God. And we are expendable for the kingdom. You don't get to choose what kind of seed you are, but guess what? We're all seeds. Every one of you are seeds. Unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, Jesus said this, unless you die in Christ, you will remain alone. You will be by yourself you may have had a great life on earth, but you'll re- remain alone and fruitless. But if the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies to itself, to the love of God, you will rise again and bear much fruit. Jesus said it, and he said, you don't get to pick what, what grain of wheat you are. You know, we get jealousies because somebody has this or gets to do that or whatever. And I'm telling you, be thankful for the grain of wheat you are. You don't get to pick. What if we were the pioneers of this nation? We were called to be the pioneers. Do you think the pioneers complained and said, I would rather be back in 2018? I didn't want to be here. It's just hard work and we starve half the time but there's a nation coming and we want to help build it. No, they laid down their lives. They had a heart to lay down their lives. When you're building generations, and I, I just listen, if you ever want to listen to some good podcasts, Ethan had told me about them, it's John, Jonathan David and Melissa Hessler, and one of the reasons I wanted to sing that song was she had, they were, they were telling how they had written it and what was going on in their lives, but they're just just incredible, but they were talking and they honestly, if you would listen to them, you'd think they were here because what they're building in the community they live in and what's happening there is identical to here. And you know their parents were in the Jesus movement, but they believe in the generations, and he said, God is a family. Everything is about family. Everything is family oriented, everything. God is just in his kingdom is a family, and he's just enlarging this family. You guys were family, and he's enlarging his family, which is his kingdom. We miss the true plan, and the plan is always about the kingdom of God. Ron, my words and promises, his, our visions, our dreams are not about us ultimately in the end. If we're only a seed planted in this ground so that more kingdom could come to Owen County in the area, it's a worthy thing because it's what God wanted. You know, sometimes uh, you'll get a call and somebody will say, you're like so-and-so in the Bible. Well, I pray we're all like you know, the heart of David. I pray that we're all, a lot of those things, but, you know, I've always known I was a Joshua. I've had that word given to me, and, and that's, that's that thing you see that says, come on, let's go, you know, Joshua, (laughs) whatever. Sorry, it's Joshua. It's not me. Anyway, that's a call, okay, but I've also known at times that it was a Jeremiah, and I, uh, because I also see, and, and I can see. I don't, want to see I just see and so that Jeremiah call isn't fun and Jeremiah was persecuted persecuted all the days of his life and I'm like who in the world would have wanted to be Jeremiah come on if I'm gonna pick a call let me be somebody I mean you know Stephen didn't get to pick that he was the first martyr seed we don't get to pick If you let him run your life, you don't get to pick what you are. You are what you are. And then when you love him and let him live through you, he bears the kind of fruit he wants. He's the fruit bearer. We're the seed. He's the fruit. We're the heart that hopefully holds him and says it's okay. I always loved the story, It Is Well With My Soul, the man that lost his daughters and, and wife out at sea, and he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul, because he understood, okay, I've got to go on. A lot of people face tragedies. You know, because we've had to deal with cancer, we've been around so much tragedy. You know, it's, it's, it's hard when you haven't been around that. I think, man, we've been so blessed. This this congregation's been so blessed. But what I'm going to tell you is, God is there too, and He wants love and ministry there too. And so I'm going to say to every one of you, be true to the seed you are. You know, it's not just identity; you're a son and daughter. You know, I remember we'd have prophets come in, and they'd prophesy to stuff to people that really I mean, prophesied. And Trent and Trent were going on the road. And they needed to pack their bags, and they were going. I mean, it was like, I don't want to hear any of the, kind of those words again. And I spoke to the gentleman and said, that's not the kind of prophecies I want in this church. Pack your bags, brand new, newly married. You're heading on the road. And, of course, Hannah is one you have to convince anyways. I was like, that was weird. You know, that's just Hannah. <laughs> but I remember another one. Um, had a family of five kids and tied down to a job. I don't know if he liked his job or not. You're going to be a rock and roll star, so get your guitar ready and get on, you know. And it's like, I want you guys to be happy with the beautiful seeds that i see you are i do not everybody's going to be a david or a solomon or a president trump i want you to be the kind of seed that glorifies god in exactly who you are i i'm not you know ron and i maybe could brag i'm not i'm not seriously but there's so much talent in this church, writing, arts, uh, speaking. I mean, it is busting. It it, it is a lot like Jonathan and David's community. It's busting with talents and gifts and businesses, and it's busting with it. Then be it. Be it to the glory of God. Be what you are as that seed. If you're not happy as the seed that you are, then get with God and work it out. Seriously, work it out. Work out who you are with him. You've you got to love you. You've got to love who you are. I could, I've talked to so many people that they didn't like they were short. They didn't like they were tall. They didn't like they didn't like. And I'm going, it's who you were created to be, and It's beautiful. It's beautiful. God sees you as beautiful, every single one of you. You're the most glorious seeds to me. When I come, I see glory all over all of you. I just do. You're glorious. I don't see you lowly. I see this glory all the time. But we've got to be and teach your children to be who they're supposed to be. Teach them so they accept themselves. You know, there's nothing worse than trying to compare yourself to an American idol. You know, there aren't very many of us that are Superman or Wonder Woman. She's cool. I just saw Justice League and I liked it. Mmm. Ron and I have let go of our promises and given them back to God. And we've told him that we love him, whether we see him or not. We have. And we've said we're seeds. Let their kingdom come. Let the prayers that we've prayed They've said the bowls are full. Let the prayers that we've prayed for our nation, for this community, let them blossom. Let the children build on our ceiling. Let them become fully seeds of glory. Like who you are. It's good. He said when he made us, it's good. Our promises cannot be more important, loved, or focused on than God. So many people fight for their prophecies. And I, I, I believe there's a pushing sometimes. But there comes a place. God, I love you more than that. I'm going to rest in you. I don't want in any way to build my own kingdom. I never have. You know, he made some of us really strong-willed. I am one. I am. But I don't want my own kingdom. So I used to hate that I was strong-willed. I did. I'd be like, why can't I be like them? Why do I have to say something? Why do I have to stand up? I couldn't sit down if I had to. I've come to, okay, it's a seed you made me to be. It brings a lot of persecution, Lord. Do you know that? Could I just be quiet? No, I made you to stand up. I made you to be who you are. And it's good. But I'm going to tell you, every one of you, it's good. It's good. We're going to practice not apologizing for ourselves anymore. Want to practice that? I like my hair, even if I don't have much, huh, honey. <laughs> right, right? right. Yeah, I mean seriously, Tony, <laughs> <laughs> Trent. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. See, that's kind of stuff that gets me in trouble. I'm really sorry. See, we're not going to apologize for ourselves, right there, and I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for myself. Okay. I'm asking God to build his kingdom. I'm asking God to build his family, his identity. I'm asking God to build what he wants. We trust him. I thought about Heidi and Roland and how long it took them to finally let go. Do you know what I'm describing? Let go. Let go. They went through 2 3 churches, they went several countries, and then Heidi almost died, Roland almost died before they let go. They prayed for miracles, they believed for them, they had they didn't see any years and years and years and they let go, and when they let go, God exploded not just in Mozambique but all over the world. There are missionaries, there are movements all over the world because they let go. God works on us letting go. Anybody ever come to the end and go, okay, I can't do it, okay, it's enough let go, let go. It took them years to let go so that you could have your full way. Zach told me a song he'd wrote about letting go Wednesday, and he said God was doing that with him. I believe he's doing it with us all. Our human nature is strong, all of us. We don't let go naturally. We don't. Letting go is not passive. Letting go is the most bold, cre- courageous thing you'll ever do. And you've got to trust God to do it. It is the most bold, courageous thing you'll ever do. Letting go. Paul had been through a lot. He named a whole bunch of things he'd been through. Weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, afflictions, bodily weakness. All of these things were were happening. So he would come to this place, and this is what he said. He said, God, please, please, would you change it? What about the promises? Take this away from me. And God said, my grace is enough to sustain you and cover you. My power is made perfect on earth. In your weakness, you know what that is? You let go. In your weakness. So he said, I'm at peace. I have let go. And I have even found joy in any weakness, in any insult, in any hardship, in any affliction. For the sake of Christ, because when I am at my weakest, when I have let go, The most, and I love this, this is Passion Translation, it makes me a portal for God's power. What did I tell you it's about? It's about his kingdom. He wants to be a portal of power in you, in your business, in your work, in your home. A portal of power. You guys, I saw the roof opened up this morning, and he said, It's who you are. I live in you. Let go and let me be the portal of power. Glory in your weakness. I can let go. I can be at peace and joy. I can. Your triumphant power will do what is best. This journey of letting go is faith and it makes me a portal for his works. I love this uh, psalm, and I just kept thinking about it because it's about the kingdom. It's Psalm 115, and for years, we even sang a song, I think. That, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Do you remember? David understood the kingdom. David understood stood it. It says in the Passion, glorify your name, Let your name be glorified alone, not ours. That's not the American way. That is not the American way, is it? How many of you want your name glorified? Be honest. Ain't nobody going to put their hand up. What was mine doing up? But David understood the kingdom. Not to us. Your name alone be glorified. And Ron and I've been praying that you be glorified, not ours, for you're the one who loves us passionately and you are faithful and true. The second part, I never I never saw it like this, so I want to I want to read it to you. Where is this God of yours now? When you've had victories, when you're well known. How many times have you seen Christian kids who come out of godly Christian homes, parents that have prayed for them, and they end up famous, and where is their God now? It's because their life wasn't for the kingdom. I pray you kids learn young. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. Where is this God of yours now? So many, when success and victory comes, lose their God. Many lose their God if they're going to be persecuted or it's not a situation where anyone here wants to hear about the Lord or know you're a Christian or any of that. And sometimes it's appropriate just to be quiet. It really is. But I'm talking about are we losing our God because we want a claim, because we want something. And that was what was happening David said, they're they're asking now, where's your God now? Well, listen to what the God of the world is. Um, David said, but we know God rules from the heavens, and he takes delight in all he does. Unbelievers worship what they make. They worship their wealth and their work. They idolize what they own and what they make with their hands. But their things can't talk to them or answer their prayers. Their possessions will never satisfy their futile faith in dead idols and dead works can never bring life or meaning to their souls. Blind men can only create blind things. Those deaf to God can only make deaf images. Dead men can only create dead idols. And everyone who trusts in these powerless, dead things will be just like what they worship powerless and dead. So trust in the Lord, all you people. Trust in the Lord. I wrote a poem and then I just had a couple. I'm doing good. I had a couple words that uh, actually was a song. Uh, Trust in the Lord, all you people, for he only is the true hero, the wraparound God who is our shield. Trust in the Lord, he's the only true hero to wrap the wraparound God who is our shield. I was just before the Lord and just in this place with him, and I, I just began to write this, but I just feel I'm writing this. For all of us, no matter where you are, you can say, be glorified, and he'll work. He will work in your life. You're not in a bad place. You're not in the wrong place. No matter where you are, turn around and say, be glorified, and he'll work. Lord, as Jesus was your seed, so am I. All things in this world have died to me and I to them. Resting and yielded, all I can say is, be glorified, be glorified. As your seed, so are we. All we ask now is be glorified. Whether we live or die, be glorified. Whether we sink or swim, be glorified whether we rise or fall be glorified whether in joy or pain be glorified whether we win or lose be glorified whether we succeed or fail be glorified let everything that consists of me glorify you all breath all life all dreams, all hopes, all loves. Every second I'm here on earth, be glorified. It is yours, a seed in your hand, the fruit of your hand, the making of your power, pottery on a wheel, just clay. It's all yours. Be glorified. God loves us completely but without compromise He is complete wisdom, love and great grace without compromise God is not Santa God is not a cushy God with compromise He's holy He's powerful There was only one found worthy. There was only one seed that fell into the ground that was worthy. It is not okay to walk in compromise. It is not okay to walk in compromise and say, Be glorified. As good parents, grace is not compromise. Grace is not compromise. Do you understand that? god needs a people who live only for him and his grace is abounding but it's not compromise there's always a grave to a resurrection there's always a grave to a resurrection This was a word, and I just felt like all the verses fit what I was feeling. It was a guy that's leading the School of Ministry, and um, it's Todd Bentley School of Ministry. Stuck? God's not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. He isn't finished. Perfect seeds that you are. He's not. He hasn't given up, and he hasn't stopped. Where you are right now does not dictate where you'll finish. Whatever situation you're in, in this very moment, does not determine your outcome and does not determine your end result. Everyone makes resolutions, but eventually you need to get up and do what you've said. It's what I said. Love and grace are not compromise. If there's anything about you contrary to the divine identity within you, God will perfect it. God will go after it through love and compassion. He'll bring whatever it is about you. I think this is hope. Whatever it is about you that is not true, divine identity of a son or a daughter, and he'll bring it into perfection. You have to trust. Everyone right now, say, I trust. I trust I'm in the right process. I trust. You'll get me where you want me to be. You have to trust that you're in process right now, and it's a lifelong process. I am confident, this is Philippians 1, 6, I'm confident the creator who's begun such a great work among you will not stop (laughs) mid-design, but will keep perfecting you until the day Jesus the anointed, our liberating king, returns to redeem the world. God is not done with you yet. Where you are right now does not dictate or determine where you'll finish. You're on the potter's wheel. God's not stopping on you midway through the process. He works through the impurities in the clay. He softens, he massages it, he smooths it out until it's supple like flesh again. He takes the heart that becomes stony and replaces it again with a tender heart. He who has called you will walk, it, will walk through it with you. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will completely, thoroughly complete his work in you. God knows you by name. You're not just a number. You're more to him. Something happens when you hear him speak your name. does, doesn't it? Everything changes. Like when he tells you he loves you. And like when he says, I've got it under control. He said, my words recently aren't long. He says, This morning I got up and life's big to me right now. I'm in control. (sighs) Okay. And I get up and I'm his little girl. Or I'll get up like that again and he'll say, do you trust me? (sighs) Yeah. He's in control. And we trust him. I asked God once, what does trust look like? And he said, Trust is when you can take your hands off the plow. That's true. Anybody know that? That's true. You can take your hands off the plow and know that the work will still be done because God is there. Rest and trust are synonymous. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy. He won't forsake you. He won't leave you. He abides with you. He will do more He will do whatever he said he'll do because God is not a man that he should lie. Trust him more than the promises. Trust him more than the promises. Let's stand. I think God really wants us to listen. That he's in control. We can trust him. But I, I want to ask, whose kingdom are you building? I can tell you when you're striving, when you're fretful, when you're angry, you're building your own. How do I know? Been there. Done that. God does not need us to try hard to be seeds. And you imagine a seed in the ground trying to burst forth. It ain't happening. He wants us to trust him. This is a song that I think it's the Belonging Co. And um, I just want us, we're going to pray after it, but I want us just to listen and pray while we're listening to it. Thank you for listening to this message.